to chew bubblegum and make a podcast and i'm all out of bubblegum welcome ladies and gentlemen to the two words podcast my name is john and with me as always is my tag team partner radio matt what, what? radio matt what's going on today oh i'm so excited it's been a minute it's been a little bit um you know we 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 came back real strong and then uh we missed a week you were and moving, right? That's I was, was moving. Was that's moving. it. I was, which I don't ever recommend. Oh, I'm never moving. I told worst. Hillary I'm never moving again. It's the worst. I'm just gonna buy new stuff next time. <laughs> just leave it. Just leave it and go. Leave it all. It's in the sell <laughs> price of the house now. Um, uh, but we are back, and we have a great, fun episode that I've been wanting to do for a little bit called "Can't Hurt." We're gonna look at all of the moves that are just a little dumb. And don't look like they really could hurt anybody. And I know that this is this is a whole uh, this is a whole sport, a whole genre of entertainment based on not trying to actually hurt each other. But sometimes the suspension of disbelief is a little bit difficult. But first, hey yo, Stevie Richards believes that the WWE needs to be taking care of Bray Wyatt's family. Mm -hmm. Following the tragic death of Wyatt, WWE announced that the net proceeds from his merchandise sales would go to his family, but the former hardcore champ said on the Rene Dupree podcast, Café de Rene, which is an upgrade from her previous podcast name of Oral Sessions, um... (laughs) That lasted like, like three weeks, I think. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it lasted three weeks, but you've managed to say the name of the podcast about a dozen times. Oh, <laughs> I, I've said the name of the podcast more than they probably ever did. Anyway, yeah. on the Rene, the Café de Rene podcast, uh, that's four semesters of French right there for you. Uh, I would really stress WWE or Endeavor, whoever's taking the company over, to put his family, uh, put his wife, bring her back as a ring announcer, um, bring her back and give her some kind of job, overpay the heck out of her, send those kids to college, put a college fund together or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm... I don't think that's a terrible idea. I think yeah. it's a pretty decent idea. You know, in, in, in with with the amount of money that's being generated, um, it, it's a win-win for everybody. It wins for them. They get, you know, they get taken care of for life. WWE looks super good for taking care of somebody for life. Yeah. Um, I stand with Stevie Richards. I agree. <clears throat> uh, hey, yo. So uh, I guess we, we got to talk about it. A little bit. We don't have a segment devoted to it, but we got to talk about it. Shortly after WWE and UFC officially merged into TKO Group, which has happened during our hiatus here, yes, uh, we saw some staff cuts, and then on September 21st, we got talent releases. We had Alexis Gray, 
Aaliyah, Brooklyn Barlow, Bryson Montana, Dabakato, Dana Brooke, Daniel MacArthur, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler, Elias, and I'm assuming Ezekiel too, Emma, Eichmann Hero, Kevin Ventura Cortez, Mace Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, Quincy Elliott, Rick Boogs. I'm so sad I'm not going to be able to say that name anymore. Uh, Riddick Moss, Shanky, Shelton Benjamin, which was a surprise to me, Tabdala, Ulisa Leon, and Abdul Abadi Fitzgerald. And then on the 22nd, Matt Riddle was added to the list. And on the 23rd, Melanie Brzezinski was added to the list. Brzezinski. Um, so here's the thing is I even have it in my notes. This is the first I, I am actually noticing that Dana Brooke was fired. <laughs> there were so many names. There were so many people that were let go. Yeah. Um, and to me, the most surprising names that, that step out, like you said, or stand out, Shelton Benjamin, um, really hard to believe that they would just automatically cut that guy. Um, uh, Dolph Ziggler is is the one that nobody gets. He's the workhorse. He's always been the workhorse, and he's been happy being he's the workhorse. A very happy mid Carter. Yeah, like he's he's really great. Um, Dabakato, Babatunde, not not super surprising. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird to me that they keep firing members of um of Hit, Hit Row. Row. Yeah, but they don't fire all of them. Right. They just keep getting rid of one at a time. <laughs> I think that's very strange. Um, well, they fired Top Dollar, and then they brought him back and got him a new contract just to fire him again. Yeah. Um, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle is less surprising if you know the relationship between him and the UFC. Right, right. Um, in fact, Dana White was, was very uh, aggressive in his um, comments on, on uh, Matt Riddle. Saying, you know, even when he worked for us, you know, we asked him to work three, three times a year and he couldn't pass a drug test three times a year mm. when you knew you were going to need to pass one in three months. Right. And you couldn't figure it out. Like, I don't get it. Uh, Mustafa Ali, a little surprising. Um, I think what's more surprising to me is that you brought back Nia Jax on 9-11 <laughs> just to fire Dolph Ziggler. Right. Like, that's the company that, that these people are in. They're in a company that would rather have Nia Jax <laughs> than Dolph Ziggler. Right. That is absolute insanity. It's bonkers. Yeah. He's a he's such a good on-air talent, and he's so underused, but he could still be... He could easily be... A similar character as The Miz, mm -hmm. where he's just constantly being used yeah. to pro prop other people up, but in actual entertaining storylines. He's he's that good on camera, mm -hmm. but they don't use him. Well, and I think it, I think he might have known this was coming uh, kind of down the line because Nick Nemeth, who's his brother who wrestles right. in AEW, uh, had posted some things on Twitter alluding that the two might be working together soon. I would love it. I'd, I'd, I'd watch see, the heck out of I'd it. I'd love to see um, team up with his bro over at AEW. And then, you, you know, <laughs> you, even the other thing when you see lists like this is you go, oh, that person still works it worked here. <laughs> like, oh, Mansoor. 
Um, I don't know who Quincy Elliott is. <laughs> I have never I'm heard the name. I, I have never heard the name Quincy Elliott in 32 <laughs> years of living. I have never even heard that name. Um, I'm sad about Elias. I think Elias makes me the saddest. Elias. Okay, it does make me the saddest. It, well, it doesn't make me the saddest. I'm still a big Dolph Ziggler fan, but um, <laughs> the funniest thing was with Elias um, because he posted something was like, oh, you know, I got to got to do this, you know, came back, got to play my own brother, and da 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 da, and somebody like took that tweet and put it next to the video of Kevin Owens going, I knew it! I knew it! You're a liar! I found you! And it was so, it was perfect. It was perfect comedic timing. Emma is another one of these. I, I didn't know she still worked. I really thought she got yeah. fired like four years ago. Well, I mean, she did get fired four she, years yeah. ago. But. Emma and Mustafa Ali specifically, both of them have been like Let's give them a new push, and then it immediately stops. And immediately. Then new push, and immediately stops. It's like on, off, on, off, but they never follow through. Yeah. So at this point, I don't let them go. Let them go. Yeah. Find another uh, promotion to be in where they can be used. Just leave. <laughs> well, hey, yo, uh, Will Osprey's a little bit bummed after uh, after he got a tattoo. Commemorating oh, right. the 81,000 tickets sold at Wembley Stadium. Uh, and then it came out that they only sold 72,265. <laughs> I forgot I saw that and he's, video. And he's got a tattoo that says 81,000. <laughs> Do you know how hard it was to get this tattoo? My mom hates tattoos. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I was just like, lawsuit, lawsuit. Where I'm... I'm <laughs> Oh, that was heartbreaking. This man. is this is Will Ospreay's <laughs> villain origin story. He will tattoo that tattoo on Tony Khan's face. I just <sighs> man, gosh. yeah, that one. Oh, that hurts so bad. Yeah, because <laughs> it's yeah. not even. I mean, it's still a great showing, but it ain't a record anymore, and so it's not worth commemorating in a tattoo yeah. for. <laughs> yep. Nope. Uh, hey, yo, Rob Van Dam shared the story about how he lost his WWE Hall of Fame ring almost immediately after he got it. Uh, he said, so the very first week that I got it, I did a show in Wisconsin, and I wasn't used to having it, and I just left it in my hotel room when I checked out. <laughs> I went back to Las Vegas, and it took an honest maid and an honest front desk person and an honest wrestling promoter. Uh, to get it back to me, so thank you, Ben McCoy, for calling me and saying, "Did you forget something, dude?" And I didn't even, <laughs> and I didn't even know yet that I had forgotten it. God. I just got home the next day and like, wow, I had it for I don't know. I think it was the same week, so I didn't even have it very long, and I lost it already. Uh, admit it though, we all assume that he got high and left it at a Taco Bell. Or yeah, something. I mean that's that's, that's, that's not the what most Rob Van Dam story. <laughs> That you could tell. Those are expensive freaking rings. They have to be. Yeah, no. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Well, hey, I, uh, hey, yo, I have a suggestion for all of the nerds out there. Mm. If you are looking to expand your fandom, um, because I know that when it comes to sports, nerds and sports don't always mix together. But if you were wanting to, to, to get into football, I have a suggestion for you. The University of Colorado. 
The University of Colorado has just been taken over by head coach primetime Deion Sanders, um, who is essentially a professional wrestler uh, in, in, in everything that he does. He, he walks in, brings up all of the swag, brings in all of the personality, um, and, and that's why everybody in college football is falling in love with the University of Colorado. And in fact, he had AEW stars come to a University of Colorado practice to talk to them, including uh, Trios champions Max Caster and the other guy that's with Max Caster. Um... <laughs> And I can, I really forgot his name. Oh, I, I, what is Max? What is the know. guy that's? What is, I don't know who's Trio's champion. I started saying the names and then realized uh, I didn't know the other guy's name. Uh, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. Anthony Bowens. That's go. right. That's right. Along with Billy Gunn. I'm sorry, Max Caster just, and Anthony. Just say Bowen. the acclaimed. The acclaimed. Okay. The, the acclaimed. acclaimed. <laughs> um, and also Mark Henry. Like they just showed up and were like like hyping these guys up. So um, if you're looking for a professional wrestling uh, style of football, <laughs> that's not the XFL. That's not the XFL obviously. Right? <laughs> I think this. I think that that this is more professional wrestling than the XFL, mm. um, especially now. But uh, but yeah, I, I think and and they like it was really it's it's weird because when I think um, he he had them talking to them about like load management and uh, like mental health, and I don't know, there's something that when I think I need to improve my mental health. I wonder what Mark Henry has to say. <laughs> but, you know, he, he does. He does. <laughs> All right. Hey, yo. <laughs> AEW has seemingly signed a deal with Max to feature programming on their network in 2024. Uh, but all the wrestling content may well be heading to Max before the end of 2023. Andrew Zarian uh, of the Matt Men podcast previously stated that he's confident AEW will be on Max in 2024. And AEW's pay-per-view schedule will increase to 12 major shows per year. Zarian has since upgraded his confidence that AEW is going to Max, and he reported on Wrestling Observer Live that AEW will be on Max in 2024, but the rumored December 2023 pay-per-view may even air on the streaming services at the start. I keep trying to find a reason to get rid of HBO Max <laughs> because I really could use that, that that line item in my budget. Right. And then they keep adding stuff that I want to watch. And now you'll get 12 AEW pay-per-views. If you get if you give me 12 AEW pay-per-views, I won't even consider it ever again. I will <laughs> I will and I'll watch the AEW pay-per-views too. That's the that's the reason I don't that's the only reason I don't watch AEW pay-per-views. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to pay $60. Mm-hmm. Especially when your competition is giving it to me for for four dollars a month, right? Five dollars a month, whatever Peacock is anymore. <laughs> um, that's a good move for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's. Now I don't know if this means they'll have all the back content. They're they're it's it's the same um, company that they air on right now with yeah. all their other programs. So okay. it's possible that those programs will be available. On the streaming service as well, but I don't know if there'll be a delay or whatnot, or if it'll even if it might just be the pay per views. I don't know. That'd but, be great. That'd be great. <sighs> but if we did a WWE Network style 
you know, backlog. They get their own kind that'd of thing. That'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. Even if they don't give the backlog, even if they literally just show the pay-per-view. Yes, that's worth right? it. It's worth the price. I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll watch it all day, all night. <laughs> like I said, yeah, because it's, like, it's the most expensive streaming service. Mm-hmm. For me, well, no, Hulu Live is more expensive. Oh, well, but live. it's also like it's yeah, also you're getting the live TV. It's live. It's live stuff. It's cable College light. football's worth yeah <laughs> the money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm I would yeah yeah we're down. Love that. Down I that. love that. Uh, well, when we come, do you have anything else? The only thing I have is not a full news story, but just Jade Cargill is now in WWE. So, hey, hey, former. You mean? Former TBS champion. That's right. <laughs> from from the network that reruns Seinfeld. <laughs> Jade Cargill. Cargill? Cargill. Cargill, I think. Cargill. Cargill. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, she, yeah, she showed up at the uh, Performance Center, and everybody's super, super excited. Oh, they were hyping it all um, over WWE, TikTok, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. She might be the only <laughs> woman that has as many muscles as Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> but she's also much taller. She's very tall. She's a behemoth. She's <clears throat> she's so tall, and she's got the huge wingspan. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it's gonna it. It's going to be fun. I'm excited gonna about it. going to shake up the women's division. When we come back, we're talking about wrestlers. Obviously. Keep it here. <laughs> what a dumb way to end a set. <laughs> <laughs> Today's date is September 29th. In 1985, MacGyver premiered. This classic TV show is about a secret agent who uses his scientific knowledge and everyday objects to solve problems and save lives. In 1995, The Big Green premiered. This Disney movie is about a group of misfit kids from a small town in Texas who learn to play soccer with the help of a British teacher and a local sheriff and compete against the best team in the league. In the year 2000, Remember the Titans premiered. This movie is based on the true story of how a racially integrated high school football team in Virginia overcame their differences and achieved success in the 1970s with the help of their coaches and leaders. Find out more nerdy facts about today's entries at lovethynerd.com slash nerdhistory. Welcome back to the Two Words Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You know, last week, uh, if you are a Netflix subscriber, you were treated to uh, a brand new show called Wrestlers. Wrestlers uh, is a show specifically about OVW run by Al Snow and owned by a man named Matt Jones. And it kind of uh, chronicles their summer of 2023 um, and how they're trying to take this company that was once this was wonderful developmental uh, brand for WWE and a lot of the other professional wrestling companies um, and, and get them back into the black money wise. And so Matt and I did our due diligence and we binged the entire series 
in like a couple of Matt did it, I did one it in day. a day. Matt did it in, did it in a day. Um, I have responsibilities. <laughs> well, I did too. I was so, just able to do it while I did those things. <clears throat> I tried to, so I tried to do it in my office. Like I have my second monitor and I was watching it, but it's really hard to study Genesis <laughs> and watch wrestlers at the same time. It was really hard to do. Um, so, but what did you think of the show? Freaking great! So uh, yeah, it, it's 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 just like it's a one series, a one season thing. I don't. It's a documentary. Yeah, seven uh, episodes. I don't think they're going to be doing more. I think this was just a a one one hit piece. But it was so phenomenally well done. I know nobody except Al Snow coming into this. I've heard of none of these wrestlers. I think I had heard of Shira. I don't think when he I, was an impact. I don't think I even remember that. But it made me care so much about all of these people. Yeah. <laughs> in in every area. And it showcased the the like cause the the guy that bought the the main guy that bought, you know, controlling kind of the company. The company that bought it. The guy. <laughs> the Matt. company. His name's Matt. It showcased really like early on the tension between now a new owner and Al Snow, who's running the promotion mm-hmm. and their conflicting ideas and compromises on both sides mm-hmm. and how it goes. Like it, it was really, really well done. And in some places, very intense. It was very intense. <clears throat> um, I, I think that number one, just put together, from a production standpoint, this was an incredible documentary. The the cameras looked good. Um, the uh, the music was really good throughout the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, that they were able to tell consistent stories and have these consistent established characters and really show like what it's like being an indie wrestler who works at the Holiday Inn in the morning and then is wrestling in the evening right like it had a very 80s vibe to it oh yeah like you picture wwe in the 80s yeah like that's kind of how the the feel was uh even with the backstage stuff you could tell it was like old monitors and you Mm -hmm. know they were always complaining about cables that were loose and whatnot and all this kind of stuff and it felt like yeah this is very an old setup it looks like yeah there's nothing digital happening (laughs) so um a couple of things, though, that I, that I thought were interesting that that stood out to me. Um, one in episode two, there's a talking head of Al Snow while he's getting a massage, and I felt like that was unnecessary. <laughs> it wasn't. He's getting a massage and discussing with somebody else. Like, no, he's in the massage chair. His head is through that little thing, and he's doing his talking head, mm-hmm. almost like. Okay, well, if you're going to get this in, get this in now. Um, And the only weirder talking head to me was Eric Darkstrom, who did most of his talking heads in a beat-up Dodge Neon behind the docks. Yeah, it lasted the whole seven episodes. The whole series, Mm -hmm. that was what he did. Leaning out the window, arm out. I don't think that Eric Darkstrom is a real person. (laughs) 
Like this guy can't be real because he's he's. First of all, if you've not seen, I'm gonna try to picture, uh, give you this guy's image. He's uh, shaved his beard and head with the little lines, uh, like Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy used to mm-hmm. used to have. Um, he has this real thick accent because um, they're in Kentucky. Uh, I'm sorry to anybody from Kentucky that I've offended with that, but. <laughs> Y'all, y'all know the people that talk just like that. You do. Um, and, and the moment that I realized this might not be a real person is when he's talking about his tattoos and he takes his shirt off and it starts okay, but he's got a lot of tattoos. So he's like over on this arm, this arm says love, but like if you turn it upside down, it says hate. Cause you know, love and hate, they're so close together. And then uh, on the other side, I have something similar with uh, good and evil, you know, cause, cause they're just tied right next to each other. Um, on my chest here, I have the second amendment. Some people think that it's an AK 57, uh, but, but it's not because uh, it's, it's actually words and from the constitution, uh, on my back, I have uh, Dracula and he's right next to, uh, Dr. Ron Paul, look him up. <laughs> and then uh and then down here I got forgiven um cuz you know just to remind myself that uh you know Jesus forgives us so we got to forgive ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> he does go on a pretty You're long. not a real person like <laughs> uh, There's got to have... be a ta- like like there's no tattoo artist that I've ever met. They would be like, yeah, I'll give you a Dr. Ron Paul tattoo <laughs> next to your Dracula tattoo. Nah, they'd do it. That they'd makes a lot money. of sense. They'd do it for money. Um, yeah. Hollywood Haley J also not maybe equally as ridiculous of a person, but pretty close. Yeah. One kind of the main of the focuses. star of the show. Yeah, one really. of the main focuses. Um, one of the big focuses. And then her mom, uh, Amazing Maria. <laughs> and they have a freaking death match. Yeah. Against There's each blood other, this everywhere. Was ridiculous. I like. I I was watching that part through my hands. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hollywood Ailey J is is an interesting one. Um. <laughs> because I immediately didn't like her. Right. Because and mostly because I do not like any twenty two year old that uses the phrase "I got a lot of life experience." <laughs> no, you don't. Like you, you don't. I got a lot of life experience and anger issues. I'm just an anger person. Like, shut up. Like you got you got little person syndrome. That's what you got. You got you got a Napoleon complex. Um, this is just who I am. My character is me. I, yeah, just turned up. That's what she says. This is who I am. Just turned up. And her boyfriend Eric Darkstrom, who I've also stated pointed out, is not a real person. Um, like even he's like you're being too much. Right. right? <laughs> You need to forgive yourself. <laughs> like, he's like, you're being too much. He goes, she's like, this is just who I am. And he's like, it's not who you are. I'm, I'm well aware. It's not who you are. You're not Hollywood Haley J. Sometimes you're just Haley that bartends at the Holiday Inn. Like that's, that's who you are. I don't. Oh. When when that guy is telling you like you need to chill, like <laughs> you really need to chill. Um and and. I think it's all capped off, though, by her delivery of one line. And I'm spacing this out. (laughs) But, like, she tells this really awful story in, like, episode five, I think. um, About, like, 
her friends she her friends had gone to pick some guys up they gave her drugs there was this really really awful experience um where like like and, and won't even go into her entire story because it's a bit too graphic even for, for for the family show but like this whole story of of drugs and um being taken advantage of and all this other stuff and then she caps the whole story off by going 15 as if that's a normal 15 year old's life like if that's if that's if that explains the whole thing 15 oh uh, yeah <laughs> but Got it a does, lot of life experience. <laughs> but it does seem to follow her in a lot of ways. At towards the end of the summer, she is going to. She's being invited to go to Wow, yeah, Women of Wrestling, to play a completely different character, yeah, uh, for different segments and a few tapings and things, which is cool. Um, she actually was scheduled to be. A part of the most recent tryouts for WWE. Really, I didn't know. I didn't see that. And it got canceled on her <clears throat> hmm. because of quote uh, something in her medical file. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have no idea what it was. <clears throat> I, do, I do love that because in the first episode, there's another wrestler who's like, "I'm not going to wrestle anybody while they're high." Right. Like. Whatever you do in your free time, that's fine. I'm not going to do that. And uh, and Haley J's response is basically like, like, yeah, um, I, you know, I smoke because there's something wrong with my head. I'm like, that's hmm? not a medical explanation. <laughs> that's not that's not a good explanation as to. I don't I don't think maybe there is. I don't know, uh, but <laughs> something in her medical file again. That's like just. I'm not here to, to, to tell you what you shouldn't, shouldn't do in your life, but like y'all know the rules. <laughs> Even Roman Reigns got, got put on leave right. for the, for the marijuana thing. Right. Like, but anyway, uh, all the drama aside, the actual focus on the wrestling aspect and all the behind the scenes stuff that has to go on, especially with a company that's scrambling to make money. It was such a good show, such a well done, well told yeah. story, and ends on a hopeful note. Maybe not a great note, because they were still severely underfunded, and what they tried to do over the summer didn't get enough money as they wanted. Yeah, nearly. But uh, we'll see. At least that one guy got didn't get fired. That's true. Hey, that hurt me. Yeah, Man, the I, second it was that second episode, they're like, <laughs> "Hey, if this summer doesn't go well, we're gonna have to let you go," and he's like. Oh, okay. I think what hurt me more is the next scene. Where I'm not going to go. He misses, see my son. <laughs> yeah, where he misses seeing his son to like caddy at a golf tournament. Yeah, and that one, that was hard, man. Ugh. That's when I texted Heart you string. after that episode. I'm like, this show is intense, this is bro. Bonkers. <laughs> um, and then even after that, it gets more bonkers when you see uh, Matt Jones have a seizure on camera. Oh. And they just kept, one guy was like, I'm just going to keep, I got film. They didn't yell cut. I'm going to keep on filming. I'll film yeah. from a distance. Yeah, that was rough, um, too. Yeah. Al Snow looks great he for does. 60. He does. No, not for 60. Al Snow looks great. Period. Like, yeah. I. I look bad for 32. Al Snow looks great. <laughs> the 
when I when I watched that match uh, that he had towards the end, he got to come back for one more match, which he yeah. thought he was done doing. Mm-hmm. When I watched that match, all I could think about was Crown Jewel with Triple H and yeah. and HBK and Undertaker and Kane, and like, man, how is Al Snow doing this in an indie promotion, <laughs> and looking HBK. better than them? At one of the biggest events with most the most money and everything put together over in Saudi Arabia, <clears throat> like I was very impressed. Yeah, and following his whole story because he recapped a lot of his story too throughout the series mm-hmm. from um, WWE and and elsewhere, and it's just it was really good to relive yeah. that because I if, loved Al Snow. If you like that. wrestling, you'll love the show. If mm-hmm. you liked the Attitude Era, you'll love the show. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's I think it's a great I think it's a must watch. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, it'll probably make you a wrestling fan. Yep. I agree. Um and then even at the end, um uh I don't know where you're going, so I can't help you. You know, one of the one of the girls uh got signed to AEW. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't remember which one. She wasn't really a focus of the show. Yeah. But she was yeah. the one that got proposed to. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's also a guy named Mr. Pectacular. So, Mr. Pectacular. Uh, and he runs around on a uh, <laughs> um, on a on a hoverboard, like the whole show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he is on a hoverboard. I forgot. About that. And at the end, they're like all introducing themselves in the very last episode, and he says, "I'm Mr. Pectacular," and then he does the peck the peck pops, and I. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> so, anyway, well, uh, I like I said, I thought it was a great show. Um, if you're into wrestling, if you're into the the Attitude Era, if you want to get into wrestling, if you want to see what it's all about, this is the great show. Um, when we come back, we're going to be talking about bad moves. So keep it here. Reviews of the Nerds. I don't do book reviews often. I think it's partly because the majority of the books I spend time with are so old that everyone in the world has surely already read them. Or because I don't want to come off as a literary nutcase. I'm a literature teacher, so I am a literary nutcase. I just don't want to come off that way. Anyway, sometimes a book strikes me so differently, and it's current or culturally relevant, or it's just so much fun, I must speak on its behalf. This is Beyond the Wand by Tom Felton. I listened to the audio version, which he reads himself. It is really fun to listen to Draco Malfoy talk for a few hours about being Draco Malfoy. If you loved Harry Potter, I did, he does not destroy it for you. With a separate section for each of his co-stars and what it was like to work with them, he enriches the experience with behind-the-scenes, quote-unquote, footage. He gives an entire chapter to his sweet friendship with Emma Watson. Priceless. If you love autobiographies, I also do. This one is full of all the things that make them brilliant. Detail, rich, raw, and honest. He takes you through his life, reminds you how good it is to be normal, and addresses his struggles with kindness for himself and others. Finally, if you think Hollywood is the worst place in the world for children to grow up, I also think that he does not he does nothing to make you think otherwise. 
Short read, short and sweet and lovely in all the ways you want it to be. The end. Once again, I'm Julian Jamar. You can catch all of my reviews on movies and books at julianjamar.com. And this has been another Reviews of the Nerds. Welcome back to the Two Words Podcast, where today our two words are can't hurt. And then yeah. talk- <laughs> Dummy. There's, there's no wrong time to use the yeah button. Um, we're talking about moves that are dumb, moves that look weird, moves that just couldn't possibly hurt another human being uh, in, in, in a real fight uh, perspective. So uh, today, that's what Matt and I are talking about. And Matt, let, let's just kick it right off. What are some weird looking moves to you? Uh, I got a good list here. Um, I think we have to start with the mandible claw. Okay, we're starting. We're starting. Starting famous. With the famous mandible claw that has been used by mankind and Bray Wyatt. Two of my favorite all-time wrestlers, and frankly, I loved every time they used it. Of course. What's keeping the opponent from just biting down on their fingers? (laughs) You know, (laughs) when when you're looking at at things like the mandible claw, Mm -hmm. the mandible claw and the cobra. The cobra, too. The cobra is a dumb move. (laughs) Um, But... The wrestler, the performer who does it, I mean, Santino made the Cobra work. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mankind, Mankind and Brave made, both made the Mandible, claw, the mandible work. claw work. Like, it was a dumb move. Yes, and it looked stupid. And obviously, like, it wasn't really going to... Like, even even if you didn't bite down, like, somebody just grabbing your mouth, like... That, right. I don't remember. Originally, the explanation was, like... The two middle fingers go in under the tongue, and they're pushing down on a specific nerve uh, maybe. that like paralyzes you or whatever. But they dropped that real quick. They never <laughs> explained that again. Feel and like it's just dirty it. sock in mouth. <laughs> Take that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I have a dirty yeah. sock in my mouth. Oh, flailing about all over yeah. the room. <laughs> <laughs> it was in his shorts. Oh, I it was that. in his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wrestle in these conditions. <laughs> you know, you really wonder how like OSHA's never stepped in on any of this sort of stuff. Because I was watching, like, going back to the wrestlers thing. You know, they had that death match, and she's mm-hmm. like bloody everywhere. And I'm like, did yeah, she have to go? Because this- I remember, like in retail, you got to go through bloodborne pathogen training for like cleaning up blood spills and that sort of stuff. I'm like, how does OSHA not? I mean. OSHA gets mad if you have a light switch too far away from a door. I'm telling you, man. I don't understand how wrestling exists. How does does this, as a performance, like, we're talking about sweaty crotch socks (laughs) in somebody else's mouth. mouth. It was the 90s, man. It was. It was crazy. Um, To me, one of the weirder looking moves is the coup de gras. Coup de gras. I I just don't get it. There's no way to sell it in a way than like, oh, this is super cool. And I don't care how into it the announcers get. 
Like you're just jumping up and you 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 you, you step on them. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's and it's akin to um, and you used to be able to do this in the video games. Mark Henry, there was there was a a move set that Mark Henry had in the video games where you just stepped on a dude. Right. Yeah. Like you just walked on him. Which I mean, it could hurt, but not. And everybody go. Ah! Right. Ah! The end, like, of, end of life. I just don't get the coup de gras. <laughs> uh, I think I think somebody as cool as Finn Balor <laughs> could come up with something, something better. Better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the Kali chop on here, where Great Kali would just karate chop someone in the head. I don't. And that oh, would knock yeah. them out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. His it big, looked looked his even big worse than sticks. Big Show's WMD punch. It's just a karate chop to the head. Boom. Boom and you're out. Because he can't do anything else. Because he can't move. He, can. he can't move fast. He can't bend his body. I saw a TikTok the other day of him like in a in like a restaurant kitchen. And he he pick he he grabs his pan and like does something and the pan lights on fire and he picks it up and throws it on the floor. <laughs> well, that's what I would do. It's just like I don't know, man. <laughs> Throwing fire pans everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, those are I don't I don't like big man moves like that. It's just like. I know it's supposed like if Big Show actually punched me, yes, it right. would really, really hurt. But they don't look great. The they Big Show bad. punch did not look good. It did. They always tried to make it look like it was this powerful thing, and they brought out that video game where you punch the 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 yeah. boxing thing, and it yeah. gives you the number or whatever, and it broke or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean they they do all this to make it look like it was a big deal, and it's like it still just looks like he's going. Mm. I jacked, like, yay. I jacked my knee up for a year on one of those things at a bar one time. <laughs> I was with a buddy who worked at this bar and it was shutting down. And like, there was a bunch of us just like, hey, what if like one of us could super kick it? Oh, man. And I slipped and oh. nailed my knee on the metal plate at the bottom. And I was like, I, I texted my buddy the next day. I'm like, I can't walk. <laughs> Hurt my knee on the punching machine. Some of my favorite yeah. TikTok videos are people overpowering that machine, going yeah. too hard, and then falling through it, smacking yeah. their face on it. Uh, and the, the thing with the Kali chop is like, all it looks like is getting hit in the head with a pork loin. That's all. It's just like, <laughs> it's like a brisket just beating somebody. <laughs> like it could hurt, I guess. Um, I don't like Darby Allen's coffin drop. Mm. Where he just he just jumps off the top rope and just kind of falls, stiffs and falls. Yeah, it's like the it's like the Santino headbutt. It's the same thing except the other way around. It's like mm-hmm. why? Except when Santino did it, it was funny. It right. was supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be when comedic. Darby Allen does it, it's supposed to be like supernatural sting stuff, and it just does it just doesn't work for me. Right. I got the five knuckle shuffle and the people's elbow. Tiny hits with a lot of flair bouncing off the ropes and posing over your opponent. Do not make a move more effective. They're the exact same move. <laughs> and it's stupid. It's it doesn't look like it hurts. They're they're <laughs> dumb moves. That follow great moves. Mm-hmm. Like the rock bottom. Rock bottom. Looks and like it the hurts. attitude adjustment. Attitude adjustment's a great move. Yeah. It's a it's a fantastic sure. finishing move. 
just finish there. Right. Um, if a tiny elbow or a tiny punch to the head is going to be the thing that puts them down, you could have already pinned them. And and you can't. You also can't make the five knuckle shuffle, which I hate saying that name. <laughs> I hate calling it that. I can't believe in the PG era we still it's call still it called. that. Um, the, the problem with that is he always punches to the side. He never actually makes it look like he's punching them in the head. He right. always punches the mat, and you can always they always do it from the camera angle. You can see him punching right. the mat. They never go from the opposite side camera angle. Right. This is cameras 101, dude. <laughs> and not one of you in 20-some-odd years has figured this out. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Um, there are moves also that have terrible names, um, such as the Shining Wizard, which also sounds like a euphemism. The shi- shiniest wizard, right? No, it's the Shining Wizard is the move set. Oh. Tegan Knox is called the girl with the shiniest wizard, which is not a nickname you should have. <laughs> the sh- Isn't it from something? Um, I don't know. Because like the because the, the shining wizard, which is also a dumb move, yeah. Because it's just like slip and sliding over your over your opponent's back. Yeah, I don't know what uh, it is. I just I just to call it something else. <laughs> Even if it didn't sound like a euphemism, it's a dumb name. <laughs> and I always stick away. Uh, I always steer clear of naming things uh, anything wizard uh, after the clan kind of. Mm, coined you know, that one. Yeah. You can't, can't. kind of ruin the wizard. Yeah. Thing. Thanks a lot, KKK. Now I can't watch you, Lord of the Rings. You ruined the word wizard. <laughs> Amongst other things. You did a lot of other bad things. All right. I got back handspring attacks on here. Oh, my goodness. Doing a couple backflips before you hit your opponent doesn't add momentum. It kills momentum. I, <laughs> I absolutely hate the springboard back elbow that Ricochet, ricochet oh, yeah, does. Do too, yeah. He's got so many cool moves, but he does a back, he does a springboard elbow, and it's just it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, another move to me that has a terrible name. Uh, it's a cool move too, um, but it's a terrible name. Uh, Chuck Taylor in AEW has a finishing move called the Awful Waffle. <laughs> That's from um, Salute Your Shorts. It is mm-hmm. awful, awful, awful. Gosh, the nineties, man, really coming, <laughs> coming back. Um, and it's a dope move. I'm like, it's not, it's not call it that. <laughs> I got starship pain on here. Starship pain is another great move. No, no, starship a, pain is so cool. It's a basic, boring leg drop with some spinny flippies added in beforehand. If anything, I, it makes it a worse leg drop. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? I love the name Starship yeah. Pain. <laughs> I hate pain. the move. Dope it pain. looks nice. It doesn't do anything. Um, <laughs> I think all leg drops, though. Yeah, le- like, I have basic leg drop out here, too. Hulk Hogan. You're landing a bent knee on across someone's chest where the force is spread out across the whole leg. Yeah. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's less effective than a straight-up punch. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Why, why, why would you do that? Um, uh, stink face. We got to talk about the stink face. <laughs> That's a pure comedy move. 
Come on. I don't care if it's a pure comedy move. It, the way you sell the stink face is just like, just come on, in. guys. Just wiggle it in. Um, same, way with the, same way with the Bronco Buster. Yeah, Bronco I got that on here. The Bronco Buster hurts, has to hurt you more than it hurts them. Right. You're just kind of bouncing on their lap and chest with your butt and crotch. In the corner of the ring, it feels more of a taunt than a move. I, I yeah, if it was yeah. a taunt, that'd be that'd be way better to me. Um, and I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this um, the figure four leg lock. I have most submission holds on here. Like the figure four <laughs> leg lock. Like, there's a there's a video of Joe Rogan, who we've mentioned twice in a row on this podcast now, um, of him talking about like they sh- the, uh, Tony Hinchcliffe was showing him a video of uh, Ric Flair doing the figure four leg lock, and Joe Rogan's like, if you know anything about submission, you just sit up and punch the guy. <laughs> you just kind of. Move your leg like this. Like most most submission holds you can get out of just by twisting your torso. Yeah. Just moving around. Just like, okay, well, now my leg slips out. Like most submission holds that are used for show in WWE, you have to completely believe that that person cannot move. They're, yeah. they're in so much pain, they can't move beyond going, <sighs> yeah. reaching for the rope, and that's about it. Which, which, which. The angle lock. Yeah. The angle ankle lock. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you twist their the whole, leg. Their whole All body you gotta can do be is just go. Do anything. Yeah. Just flip over. Just do anything. Just Your whole over. body's free at that point. You're not mm-hmm. locking anything other than just holding a guy's foot. You could get yeah. out of your shoe easier than yeah. <laughs> having to pretend to be held on to. All right, I'm about to get heat. Mm. Okay, get some heat. The 619. It's fun. Yeah. It makes for a great moment, but the setup is almost like a video game. He has to get his opponent to fall in the exact right way, in the exact right position, on the exact rope, and have that opponent be too tired to move the whole time that he's running all the way to the other side and all the way back to do a move they all know is coming because he does it in every I, match. <laughs> I... I get, I get it. <laughs> but the name of the podcast is Can't Hurt. Well, that's true. And this that is this is you sure named it. You hurt. named the only move that's killed a guy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I I I'm with you on it. Like the setup and 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 everything. Yeah, sure. But good point. <laughs> Most of Ric Flair's moves, though, he did not have a particularly great move set because there was always, you know, especially when you watch older Ric Flair, he goes up on the top top rope and he does like a dive, and the person always catches them and like throws them down. Yeah, it's almost every single time. Like one time, he like cross bodied somebody, and it worked. It's like, oh, that's what he was supposed to be doing. I just, you know, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I also have old school on here. I forgot about old school. We have to believe that the arm twist he has an, his opponent in is so painful that they would be unable to just shove wobbly old Undertaker off the top rope for the whole 30 seconds it takes him to get up there and walk yeah. up there just to 
jump down and hit him in the back of the neck. And does the tightrope help? I, I don't understand. Like yeah. <laughs> How is it any different than climbing walking. up the, just climb the turnbuckle and jump from the top turnbuckle? Yeah. Like, I don't understand the need. Uh, all that for like a wrist chop. Right. Yeah. Like, for, very, for very little, that's very little gain. That's, that's <laughs> it. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, you know, I think the move could hurt, but, um, I always get really weird watching last ride. Cause you basically <laughs> flip some dude and put his junk just right in your face, right there in your face. <laughs> it would really hurt though. I feel like that would be a, Oh yeah. Especially cause load. the guy, you know, you're falling from like nine feet at that yeah. point. Um, I feel like if, if I was the undertaker, anybody that was wrestling and going to do that move to, I'd be like, you better take a shower before our match. <laughs> If you don't use the good soap, I'm going to really hurt you. Like I would carry around the bars. I'll be like, this is the bar of soap you're going to use. You're going to spray it down with ax. <laughs> all right. Lice all that thing. I've only got one more. Okay. Hit me with it. Asian mist. The, the Literally green stuff? spitting mist oh. in people's eyes. But yeah. what's more unbelievable about it is the fact that the different color mists are supposed to do different things to the opponent red mist is supposed to uh burn your eyes obviously blue mist is supposed to put your opponent to sleep and the green mist is just supposed to cause general disorientation this is all mist 101 <laughs> i don't know i don't know what your deal is here <laughs> Have you never uh, had a job where that you were constantly misted in the face? We all know I, the rules. I, so, kind of in that vein, because it's getting me thinking about WCW. I was watching old Nitro a while back, and there was an episode where I don't even remember who it was, um, but one of the wrestlers dressed up as like an old lady and was like hitting Hulk Hogan with a cane, like as an old lady, but like the way can we talk about Hulk Hogan giving chair shots? Let's talk about something that doesn't look like it hurts. Look up Hulk Hogan giving chair shots. And it is the most gingerly tap on the forehead <laughs> you've ever seen. Like as old as old WCW It's like, he gets the chair and he goes, and then the guy goes, ah! and like, you know, falls out. It's like, we talk about something that doesn't hurt. I mean, I don't know. I got to say, I know that the chairs that they use for chair shots in wrestling are like thinner, thinner metal than standard yeah. metal chairs. Several years ago, I had a buddy Marty. We were doing a, a skit about why men love wrestling. Yeah. And I had him hit me in the back with the chair to end it with the chair from our church here. Yeah. And when you look at it, it looks like he barely goes dunk on my back. Like it yeah. was the weakest thing ever. And I just collapsed. It hurt so much. <laughs> I was on the ground going, Oh, it's a bad idea. <laughs> So I don't know how different, how thinner those chairs are, but it still might hurt a lot to barely get tapped oh, on the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryan tells a story. He was going to uh, Shawn Michaels Wrestling School back in like the late 90s, and some guy was like, how do you take a chair shot? Shawn Michaels was like, you just get hit with a chair. That's... <laughs> 
that's it. Yeah. I'm kind of glad they don't do it to the head anymore because, well, they did it, though, at AEW. WWE doesn't anymore. But yeah. Occasionally, yeah. they'll do it in AEW in one of their matches. Yeah. That's rough stuff. That's rough stuff. Well, but if we missed a move, let us know. Head on over to our socials at two words LTN uh, and tell us your ideas for the moves that just can't hurt. They look dumb. They got a terrible name. Uh, we want to hear from you. But uh, And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another fun-filled episode. Um, but until then, <laughs> my name's John, his name's Matt, and if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Goodbye. Goodbye.